soundproof. I am Angela. This is episode one. You know, I was recently asked why create a podcast. There are thousands and thousands of podcasts and numerous interview platforms. Well, to me, it's important to hear different perspectives and opinions from artists, namely spoken word poets and various creatives. I believe there is so much talent that is overlooked and some that just need to be highlighted locally as well as nationally. With that being said, my podcast will give you the journey, how the creatives broke through, and their evolution. You will also hear the raw and the real, and hopefully you'll be able to relate to their stories. Now, first up is Dennis Amadeus. I had the opportunity and pleasure to interview Dennis. He is a spoken word poet, educator, and advocate. He is someone that I've looked up to for a while because he is so giving of his time, his skills, and his gifts. Hopefully you'll understand him better as a person and as an artist. I know people interview you so much and they want to get your perspective and what your thoughts are. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to know, I'm, you know, I want to know from the beginning, like when did it really start for you? Because you're a powerful, you know, poet in the community. I, I believe that you've like made a big mark. You've left, you have a legacy, you know, in the Tampa Bay area. And um, not only just as an artist, but as a, it's one of my titles for you. So when did it start for you? Like, what age was that? I'd say 24 is when I really, when everything kind of came together. It was, uh, it was, I've always been a good writer. Mm-hmm. I think that was always a latent talent. And uh, you can hear me, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm, you're good. Okay, cool. All right. Um, but yeah, I've always kind of been a writer. Uh, that was a latent talent that I've always had. But I convinced myself that I didn't like writing when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom was really the only person that was ever like, hey, you're a good writer. You really should pursue this you know um but you know you don't listen to your mom that much when you're younger <laughs> yeah but um but yeah but i i think i found when i was 24 i found poetry slam um at the time it was just uh the only thing i really had you know um and i dedicated a lot of my life to it and um it opened the door it coincided with my religious uh walk mm-hmm. um you know I, I that's when i started really focusing on my spirituality and my relationship with God and, um, you know, my Christianity and things like that, mm-hmm. um, through, through the Christian lens. And then also I was reading, I started reading social justice books and, um, Cornell West was really the first person I started reading. And, um, and all of that coincided together and it kind of created this just incredible momentum of, of passion and, you know I mean? And something that I was good at and being successful at something, uh, and having a community of people around me and people that liked me for myself and who I really was. And mm-hmm. it helped me break down a lot of my facades that I've been carrying my whole life and it helped me get to the core of who I truly am as a person and what I really cared about, you know what I mean? And um, it helped me find myself. And uh, I think the momentum of all of that and it being so important to my life and who I am mm-hmm. just allowed me to propel and push everything everything into it, you know? And, and it got me to where I am today. Yeah, but yeah. I, the first time was t- 24 years old, Sacred Sounds. Wow. Um, yeah, I remember Sacred Sounds. And it's like, 
I, I think it's important to go back because a lot of times, you know, when we find something that we're passionate about, we're we're nervous and we're anxious and scared about pursuing it and mm-hmm. saying, okay, you know what, let me just take this and just keep running. So it sounds like you did that, but how, you know, how did you start with that? Because I know that that that's like a really big stumbling block, block for people when they may be so talented, but then they can't get out of their own way. So what made you decide, okay, this is how I'm going to do this and I'm just going to pursue it until the wheels fall off. Well, like I said, my, my, my life and the time and the moment, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't very good. I was, I had just, uh, I, I hadn't failed out of school. I was actually doing pretty well in school, but, mm-hmm. um, I didn't have enough money to cover my final year. And, you know, when I was so eager to get out of my situation in New York, um, and so I didn't really pay too much attention to the loans I was taking out or even how much the school costs. I was just happy to be accepted and coming to Tampa, Florida. And um, and so all of that kind of fell out from under me. And I was living off a lot of the money I was getting from the school loans. And so really quickly, I had nothing. Um, but I had always told myself that I would I would not. I'd rather be kind of homeless in Tampa than than go back to where I came from in New York. And so I just kept trotting through and. I just happened to find somebody on the bus one day that was in a very similar situation as me. And he was a rapper, he was a really, really good rapper. His name mm-hmm. was Mike Larry Draw. Um, and so he started me off rapping at his show. And then that led to the poet, uh, the, the open mic that, that I went to where I did a poem at it. And then somebody, mm-hmm. a poet at the open mic uh, heard me and wanted me to do the slam <clears throat> the next night mm-hmm. at uh, Sacred Sounds. And so, you know, I went there to Sacred Sounds and they said that you could win money. So I needed money at the time, too. Mm-hmm. And so I just went there. I walked them two hours. Uh, I put in those two hours walking to the venue. I memorized three poems or two poems. One of them was a rap that I just slowed down real, real slow. Mm-hmm. But um, and then it was the moment I got off the state, you know, when when I got the reception and the accomplishment and uh you know, and just the world that I was in, the acceptance and the love and, you know, a whole table I was sitting at of five people who didn't know each other, but everybody was just cool and acting like they were friends and enjoying this poetry. And it was that world that I needed so badly at that time, you know? Um, and that's what gave me the start. It was just, it was circumstance and a desperate, it was just it's circumstance and timing and God and, and, and ordained, I guess, you know? Yeah. Uh, because... I didn't want to do nothing else. And I refused to do anything else once I found that, you know? Wow. Yeah, I I love that. Because I remember the first time I saw you, it was at the bunker, Trey Amici bunker. And I remember uh, Lyrical Tempest, one of the poets in the Tampa Bay community. She um, she had a, uh, it was just an open mic. And I remember it was the first time I've I've seen you because it was like me just getting into the into um, the poetry community. And I was like, wow, who is this? And then I think you, you, you only had a few minutes to do a poem and then you had to run a sacred sounds. And I was like, okay, wait, what just happened? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. what just happened? And like, he just spit a poem and then now he has to leave. I'm like, who is this guy? You know, hopefully I see him again. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I think that a lot of people, you know, really respect you because one of the things that I find that you really just like invest in people and, mm-hmm. and that's fair because, you know, and you do it, you've, you've been so consistent with it because, you know, sometimes we'll, 
you, you may see certain people that say, okay, I'm good at this poetry thing or whatever it may be. And they just keep it for themselves. And unfortunately, you know, they don't, you know, try to invest in other people because I think that's very important because I believe there are seasons to certain things and you have to mentor and you have to invest in the next person. So, you know, what made you decide, okay, that's something I'm going to commit myself to where I'm going to invest in the poetry community, Tampa Bay poetry community, but not only in our city, but, you know, um, but in other communities. What made you decide to, to do that? Um, I mean, the, my investment with the youth uh, comes from a very personal place. I think it comes from a combination of my struggles and reality at, 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 a, at a young age, mm -hmm. um, specifically my later years of high school and after I graduated. And, you know, that transition period is brutal, you know, and I think it's incredibly forgotten because people are so quick to be like, ha, 18 years are finally up. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, you're grown now. Go handle your own stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so... Um, and then also if you're lost because you're so old, but don't want to put the investment in, you know what I mean, yeah. um, at that point, people trust you to find your own way. And, and mm. that's kind of what it is, you know, but, uh, so, and I had that experience. So my investment in young people, um, it, it was going to be there no matter what, you know, or what my life became, I think, because, um, but poetry helped give me a medium, you know, uh, it wasn't even the, uh, I, I didn't understand that right what i just told you that connection mm -hmm. until i had poetry and until i had the access and ability to work with young people because remember I, you know i had i have a criminal record and um and i, I you know I, I don't have a degree or nothing like that so teaching wasn't really an option in the conventional way um and you know being around young people was hard because of the criminal record uh, background checks and things like that but poetry helped me get around all of that it helped me get into spaces where i realized how good i was at connecting with young people how good i was at, at teaching mm -hmm. in general um and, that, and that, that most importantly that was something that i loved i really enjoyed to do and so that's where that comes from um as far as my what i put into the poetry community in the poetry world that's just reciprocation mm -hmm. because so many people put it in poured into me you know at, I, everything that i am is is a result of all the people who have poured into me these days, it's rare for the average person to exist on this earth for all 80 of their years and come to an understanding with what their purpose is. So how blessed I must be to be able to find mine in this. Now they say opportunity typically comes to your front door and I can hear it knocking through my throat every time I perform, but it seems like no matter how hard I try and outstretch my arms to answer it, I can never get past these bars. In this track and field life, the biggest hurdle that I continuously have to jump is the background check. And I seem to trip every time. Sometimes it's just a stumble, but sometimes it's a full on face busting free fall that leaves a mark on my soul bigger than the ones on my record books. I've been denied for jobs, teaching positions, mentorship opportunities, and from just doing poetry in the classroom. One time, a principal actually called the sheriff to come escort me out of his school. And his words to me were, I would be a fool if I let anybody talk to my kids a record like you and it was at that moment I discovered the best way to defeat somebody take away their God-given worth brand them a troublemaker and take away their work and if their worth is measured in how they work with kids then it's not hard to understand how that brand made me feel worthless purpose -less. so I had to start to define for myself what purpose really is 
You see, eventually I came to this understanding that purpose is something that God gives. And since anything God gives isn't something man can take away, then God must also create the conditions that make it seem that way. So if I feel these weights getting heavy on me during this race, it's not because I'm simply meant to feel the pain of disaster, no. It's because maybe he needs me to be stronger rather than faster. Because my power will directly come from everything I've toppled that they use to try and break me. Each one of these tripped up hurdles is just a lesson, a reminder to myself to never settle for second. Because those that need me need more than just another second rate teacher. They need an educational weapon. But I can't counsel kids because they claim I clash with cops. Meanwhile, corrupted, coked up controllers cancel classes around the clock, shun the reading, cancel the outreach, build schools on top of cash, and label me unfit to teach. When I just know that poetry is something every child branded at risk needs, because I understand what it's like to be viewed at as something you yourself can't see. They ran some checks into their backgrounds and labeled them at risk of what? At risk of becoming like me? But if that's the truth, then they're just at risk of becoming free. At risk of learning through strife, changing their life, and redefining what the label at risk means. The point I'm trying to make is that this is all a test. A way to prove to God that I am worthy of his best. A divine background check to balance my wants and haves. Because I want to be able to proudly carry the label teacher. I want to be a positive educational force for my nephews and my nieces. I want to work every single day around kids. And I want to to know I'm changing the way our future lives. So I have to study daily. I have to write a lot. I have to become one of the best poets of my lot. Because of the dumb things this young kid did, I have to keep proving myself until you all will listen in. Because in a land where a background check is a standard used to determine your worth, even a poet has to make his actions louder than his words. This is soundproof. Um, you know, paid for me or fed me or put me on a couch or, um, you know, giving me advice, yeah. you know what I mean? Uh, giving me free things, like so everything I have of value that has helped me get ahead in life has come from other people, every single thing. That's not even a joke, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I have to give back. I have to, you know, it's, 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 <laughs> there's no option, you know, there's no option for me, you know? I love that. And I think that you were um, an integral part to Heard Him Say, uh, Youth Arts Collective. And I saw where, you know, the, the the youth there respected you and they still respect you to this day because you're one of the founders um, of Grow House, uh, where you're still pour, pouring into the community. You know, why was it important for you and Curtis Davis to create something for our community? Um. It was really just stepping up and trying to fill a need that we saw was there. And, you know, we wanted to put on quality shows. We knew there was quality artistry. We knew there was good people um, that can, we could surround that quality artistry with. Mm -hmm. We knew there was um, great uh, entrepreneurs and, you know, there's a marketplace that we, we can connect from. But, um, but the biggest thing was we wanted to create avenues to help artists get better, you know? Yeah. We didn't want to just be an avenue that, like, look how great we are because we can book all these amazing talent. It's like, we want to be able to book the talent. We want to be able to put on the quality show. Mm -hmm. But we want to also have a ladder to help people get to a level where they can perform at the quality shows. So it's more than just, you know, we have our Tampa Bay talent show or we have our rap slams or we have our, you know what I mean, uh, big events once a year but then throughout the year every you know i mean every once a month we have open mics we have workshops we have poetry slams you know mm -hmm. what I mean? um 
And so the goal is to create a pathway for artists to get better. And in that you create community naturally, you know, you don't have to like yeah. force the community. It's just the, 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 the arena and the environment. If you create the arena environment for artists to get better, they're going to want to be there if they naturally want to get better. You know what I'm saying? And it, and it's a good way to naturally weed out people who aren't um, really dedicated you yeah, know yeah you're right now when the <clears throat> pandemic hit months ago um and i know that it put grow house at a at a still you know and because i know it, it seemed like a lot of venues and a lot of poets were in the same situation where the you you can't perform it's like okay where am i gonna go i can't go to i can't go to a free building so a lot of poets and you know artists they started gravitating towards Instagram, started gravitating towards Facebook Live. How did that affect you as an artist, as well as Grow House when the pandemic hit? Uh, I mean, obviously, the, yeah, like you said, that first <laughs> that first wait, week was like panic mode. Once you realize, oh, I can't book anything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we had just come from New York. You know, we had come off this beautiful two week tour in New York where me and Curtis ran. You know, we went to every borough. We had up all the open mics. We made up so we made so many connections. We made an impact. You know, we put our stickers all over the city. It was an amazing two weeks and we just could not wait to come back and bring all that energy back to Tampa. Mm -hmm. And literally like three days, four days after we came back and everything just shut down. Wow. You know, and um, and it was it was. Yeah, man, it was that first week with a lot of anger i think mm -hmm. from me um and working through that i was mm -hmm. very upset uh, i felt like i worked so hard to get to a specific point you know what i mean um and for that to be suddenly taken away was very hard for me to deal with uh i think mentally and emotionally but you know i worked through it and uh started really assessing where i could where you had the pivot right where mm -hmm. it's the new you know things don't stop kind of deal you know we we got we have the a beautiful we live in a beautiful age you know where we can make connections we can continue to commerce we can continue to connect we can t continue to create through um, a network you know what I mean and yeah. not actually have to physically be around each other so you know that that means things aren't going to stop and so now it's like all right how can we change and for Grow House we're lucky because we don't have any we don't have a brick and mortar building you know we just put on events and we sell merchandise mostly mm -hmm. um so if we're not putting on an event we're not really losing any money and so we're selling merchandise pretty decently still and um we're doing you know our workshops but our overhead isn't too much right now so we're all right where we can chill and just wait until this comes back because grow house is also something that neither me or curtis personally benefit from financially because it's something we're trying to build you know mm -hmm. um, so yeah. and i think and I, I i truly believe in timing and you know one of the things that you mentioned merchandise that you've been selling is you know ask me to do a poem t-shirt which you know right. i've seen so many people do and it, the timing of that is perfect because if you hadn't done it when you did it when you know when it's been what about a year or almost two years right yeah, so it's like if you hadn't done it at a time, it would have been really hard to do it now. And I think that so many people, they get really just like a kick out of it because um, it's like, okay, I'm serious about this. When I put this shirt on, I'm serious, you know, and I, and I was telling someone, I said, okay, if I'm not in a mood to do a, a piece that day, it's like, okay, don't even put the shirt on. 
So I think that, that you filled a need and I think you filled a void, especially with artists being able to show who they are to, to people that wouldn't necessarily, you know, ask them, okay, do a poem or, you know, let me learn more about you. All right. So I think that's really important. So, um, so after no, that, you. yeah, mm. so um, after, you know, with the pandemic and I know right now that we're going through um, just a heightened awareness of race relations and what it means in not only our community, but in our country. Um, and I know that you're an activist. Do you feel that at this moment that people are listening to the black community or do you find that it's more like performance It's more like, okay, you know, okay, I'm going to jump on this bandwagon and say, this is what I believe, but I don't know if I'm going to be making changes as a company or even as um, individually. How do you feel about that? Um, I think, honestly, I'm seeing a lot of good to come out of it. I feel like the, there's been a lot of pressure that was put on really hard, really fast, um, mm -hmm. and uh, onto the establishment and on the industry and on you know, power structures, and I think they reeled, and I think it showed that we have powers as people. Yeah. And I think that uh, I think I'm hoping that that will that fire that people have isn't just. It feels it feels like it's different. It's righteous, yeah. you know. Yeah. It's the same fire that's kind of burning across the world. You know, there's a. It feels like there's a righteous indignation, a, 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 a almost a holy righteousness mm -hmm. that's rising up right now, you know, and um, it's 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 coming through the people, and the people are uni uni unifying behind the banner of Black Lives Matter. Yeah. And I think what you're seeing, you're going to see across everything across the spectrum. Mm -hmm. You're going to see, um, you're going to see people who are faking it. You're going to see people who are posturing. You're going to see people who are working incredibly hard flux of new activists you're gonna see all the old activists say hey forget this i'm done with this you know what i mean mm -hmm. you're gonna see everything across the board because everybody is galvanized to action right now and i think um there's a beauty in that and i think we're gonna have to figure it out like we, we do everything else as mm -hmm. people but i think in general humanity wants to improve and wants to be better and it's not just some angry vicious you know trying to pick a fight it's a legit like yo we're done with yeah. these old systems we're done with these old structures with this racism with this all this crap that holds us down mm -hmm. and we want something better you know and i think when you look at it for me there's there's a this biblical sense of uh like the meek shall inherit the earth you know mm -hmm. and you've seen every movement gain ground except for you know, Black Lives for a long time. Black Lives yeah. Matter was demonized forever. Mm -hmm. And then out of the Black Lives Matter movement came um, the women's uh, rights movement, came the LGBTQ um, rights for marriage movement, mm -hmm. came all of these other movements. Meanwhile, Black Lives Matter was still dealing with police brutality mm -hmm. on a vicious level. You're right. And so, you know, uh, to see finally everybody has bannered behind every other cause now finally people have bannered behind the black lives matter so it's mm -hmm. like this final cause that maybe now we all can get it you know maybe now everybody can see but i'm hopeful you know i'm also there's also the reality of like seeing white people wake up suddenly to something that black people are like are you kidding me this has been happening forever mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah and so there's that there's that level of frustration where it's like now there's a sudden influx of like 
oh my god this is happening well what can we do we need to do something now and then everybody's like are you you dead ass like we really have been <laughs> going through this forever and now you're just suddenly want us to teach you everything and, and mm -hmm. i understand that frustration you know and so it, we got to see how it plays out i think but i'm hopeful right now um people are really keeping the pressure on and i think that's dope and people have galvanized into authentic movements across the country mm -hmm. to create spaces without police and to you know really experiment with what that can look like in the world and i think those experiments are going to really yield positive things for all of humanity you know yeah. um in the same way that the black panthers you know free breakfast program um mm -hmm. but i think it's going to be amplified even more than that even more than that you know yeah i'm excited um about this time too because it feels like not only are conversations being had you know you can have the conversations you can have the talk but it sounds like uh people are really wanting real solutions and holding people accountable and asking mm -hmm. okay what does this solution look like instead of you know months down the road okay let's forget it you know we forgot everything that happened you know during this time so i'm excited to see what's going to happen so now how you are listening to soundproof with my special guest dennis amadeus so now how has this time has it changed your writing your personal writing or do you find that you've been you know this is how your writing has been now i'm just going to highlight it even more do you find that your writing has changed within this last few months well it's funny just yesterday i did this open mic and i did a poem that i you know i've written a long i wrote a long time ago for uh for an event that happened here in tampa with andrew joseph the mm third -hmm. and um I did that poem and they were like, man, when did you write this poem? And I was like, yeah, about three or four years ago. And they're like, it's crazy how relevant all of these lines are still exactly today, you know? Yeah. And it's like, I'm starting to, I've started to realize, I think there's other voices that are more important than mine right now. Mm -hmm. So it's like trying to find the right voices to put out there and amplify. And then there's also, um, you know, making sure that what I put out there is, is not going to deflect from um what's happening mm -hmm. but it's also going to be uplifting and galvanizing and, and, and hopeful and inspiring because that's what i want people to feel at the end of the day through all this is is to be able to step up and take this new world and you know what i mean and so i would say my writing process has paused mm -hmm. um because okay. i was writing i was writing very specifically about me and my my childhood and and uniquely things that I'm, I'm working on my book about mm -hmm. um and then when these things happened uh it, i was like okay there's a different thing happening or there's something more important happening than, than me dealing with all this stuff if that makes sense yeah um not saying that i don't know if it's more important or whatever i'm not trying to put equal value on things but you know that's what it felt like for me was uh do i want to um i lost my train of thought but yeah <laughs> and you know um I, I get where you're coming from because you know I've heard some artists they are like okay there's some there's some songs I don't want to put out because I feel selfish and it's like I don't know right. if it's the right time and I think you know individually you know okay do I need to shift or do I need to still continue on a track because some people want that distraction but then mm -hmm. also as a as a person and as a poet you know it's figuring out okay do I need to give them something different so what is your 
and I hate to say your end goal, I, you know, but what do you find that with the poetry and what you're doing, what do you find is going to be where you feel like you're satisfied? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think I, I want to be, I want to be a good writer to myself. I think that's ultimately the end goal. Um, I think I seek external validation a lot to help guide my understanding of what good writing is. Mm -hmm. But I want to have put, I mean, I, I want to have put out a body of work that is respected, that is um, impactful, you know what I mean? That has uh, made a wave, I guess, in the, I don't know how to explain it, the psyche of, of our generation, you mm -hmm. know? But, um, and something that, it's memorable like there's the ego part of it i, I want to be remembered i want to be honored as a great poet by other great poets you know what i mean yeah um and i want to have a good book i want to have a, a book that sells well and is lauded you know what i mean mm -hmm. um things like that uh i think but ultimately i think writing is even if things though even if those things don't happen mm -hmm. right i still would continue to write because i believe i have a divine responsibility to honor what I the gift that I've been given because yeah. I do recognize that I have a a, love, a gift I feel like that I've been blessed with the ability to speak and, and to deliver messages very powerfully or, or in a way that people want to listen to mm -hmm. and so I want to honor that always and you know I mean so as much as I write and I push my writing and I push my performance to to get accolades and to get um, awards and to, and just and be and to be a better artist mm -hmm. is also to be able to find the best ways to help the world around me and to push positive messages and to help heal and and just honor what God has created me to do you know and just do what God has put me here to do yeah and I think that's important but I also think that it's important too to have validation because it, it to me is a sign okay I'm on the right track and let's just keep it going so mm -hmm. I, I really think that and and I, like I mentioned earlier you have you know carved out a legacy you know for yourself and a portrait community so it's definitely something that you should be proud of now one of the things um, I asked is if you can do a poem uh, do you have something I know you have something so what is <laughs> so what is the poem that you find that you are like okay this is something that's personal to me I'm proud of or you know I just want to you know let you know where I am now what is that poem and what does it represent um oh now you got me thinking no 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 I'll give you what I came <laughs> um you've been doing that to me all 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 interview I don't know if you could tell but you got me thinking deep in my deep thoughts today that's what I wanted <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, man, I just, I got this poem that I, I I wrote and I love I love it. I, uh, it's I'm a fan of it, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying, and I enjoy performing it, and it gets good reception every time. And it's something that I think is universally true. And I think one thing as a poet that I definitely try to do, and I feel like most poets are trying to do, is find those universal truths that are relevant to every single being or thing that exists. Mm -hmm. I think I don't know if I found it within this poem, but. Uh, I feel like it's maybe nudging up on it a little bit. <laughs> okay. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. After the word came the idea. After the idea came the action. After the action 
became the creation. So every new creation begins with a word, including our days. When we first wake, what are the first things that our minds say? Maybe it's how much we don't want to go to work. Maybe it's broke. Maybe it's pain. Maybe it's no hope. We live in a world that works every moment of every single day trying to tell us what our first word is going to be because advertisements are everywhere. Bus ads, billboards, radios, preachers, Facebook, MCs, teachers, your own family and friends are all buying up space in your most important estate, but you are the only one that has to actually live there. If you said to yourself right now in your own mind, I am great, you'd be able to speak, but you wouldn't be using your physical mouth. If I ask you to picture the most beautiful place that you've ever seen, filled with the greenest grass and the bluest streams, you'd be able to see it, but you wouldn't be using your physical eyes. That is your beginning. In the beginning was the word. And today that hasn't changed. We just have a timeline of existence that manifested those words to this physical plane, creating a world with planes, skyscrapers, cell phones, artificial hearts, more technology than we have ever dreamed that all first started with somebody's vision that was never physically seen. I am great. If we keep telling ourselves this every day, eventually it'll permeate into everything we make. I mean, we all must be great. God himself says, I am who I am. So if I am whatever I'm saying I am, and I am is God, then I am a God is redundant. But I am great is a reminder. And when you speak those words out loud, the first ears to hear it are the great I am inside you. The power of the word is how we are made in God's image. It's our ability to create, and it's in that image where we all relate. I am great. If you keep telling yourself every day, eventually it'll permeate into everything you make, defining what you are, writing the narrative to your story, filling the book of your life with the actual words you are saying. Each sentence is a verse. Each conversation is a page, whether with your physical mouth or a million minds away in that secret place where only you can speak with no sound, hear with no ears, see with no eyes. That is where vision lies, where prayers live, where our purest connection to the universe is. Believe in the power of your words from start to finish, from Genesis to Revelation, from mind to manifestation. They are the force that builds all things into being or drags them back down into death. Just think about how easy it is to believe somebody when they tell you they love you, but every action speaks differently. Or just think about how the moment you start to badmouth somebody, the universe will put you in a room with them to prove it. Or just think about this very poem. How many, po how many words have you created? How many images have you created from the words that I've been saying? You're listening to observe. While I try to make I am great, the loudest sound that you've ever heard. In the beginning was the word. So who is writing yours? Nice. Dennis Amadeus, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And anytime, Angela, so much love to you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you again. It, it, to me, it's like, yeah, I wanted something different and you've given it to me. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate it again. Mm -hmm. Anytime. All right. All right. Well, you have a great night. I will talk to All you. Right. Later. Thank you again for tuning in to Soundproof. Hopefully you enjoyed the show. I had fun doing it. Talk to you next time. Have a great one.